This is ESPN Radio. It is ESPN Radio. You got your boys in this morning when it comes to Jay Williams over there. Freddie Coleman over here, also on ESPNU. Series X and Channel 80 in the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. If you haven't heard about the Northwestern football situation, let's just say the allegations and ugliness is not even the major, major part of that story. It goes a lot deeper than that. And a man has been all over the Northwestern story is Adam Rittenberg, ESPN college football reporter. Great stuff by him all the time regarding this. Hit him on Twitter at ESPN Rittenberg. He joins us now here on ESPN Radio. And Adam, what has it been like seeing this story go from one point on Friday where it seemed that they commissioned the investigation and Pat Fitzgerald was supposed to be suspended two weeks without pay as football coach at Northwestern to Monday where he was fired and more allegations and ugliness surfaced around Northwestern football. Yeah, it's been wild, Freddie. Uh, you know, just that leap from, uh, you know, essentially a symbolic uh, suspension. You know, this is one of the lightest times of the year. Coaches are on vacation. There's no recruiting that's going on. The team is working out, but there's no on-field practices right now to the dismissal of the, the winningest coach in team history, the most iconic former player in modern Northwestern history, in 72 hours is certainly stunning. And the important thing is, yes, there, there were some additional things that came out, but the bulk of the information did not change at all from Friday when they concluded that investigation came out with the summary of it, no real details, but they had all of the details that were reported at the daily Northwestern on Saturday in my reporting over the weekend as well. And talking to that whistleblower, the former player whose allegations came to light. So this information was known. It was just the, the details of it, the reaction. I do think the university president speaking to the whistleblower and his family is an important part of this because then it becomes more personal. And as more stories are coming out, this is a university that doesn't like to be embarrassed, that cares probably much more about its academic reputation than, than Pat Fitzgerald or anything on the football field. It reached a point where, as the president said in his letter, he no longer felt Pat Fitzgerald could oversee a healthy culture, a culture that, that seemed among the healthiest in college football. He, he in, the, in the mind of the Northwestern president, said that culture, at least partially, has been broken by the hazing incidents that went on in the program. Hey, Adam, when you said that uh, this stuff was known, for how long was it known? It was known from the very beginning. So yesterday I, I received the, the email correspondence that the whistleblower, the former player, sent to Northwestern's compliance director back on November 30th. Did it have every single detail that the Daily reported and I reported over the weekend and others? No, but it had a lot of details and it had some tough language in there. It talked about the running, the, the, uh, the hazing practice where older classmen would hold down a, a younger player most of the time who had made a mistake and, and engage in, in sexualized behavior, hor- horrible behavior. That was in the initial correspondence. And the, the, the former player told me he, he, he revealed all of this to the investigator, uh, all of the incidents, everything that he knew. He very much wanted to get this out there. And so th- when they reached their decision on Friday to suspend Fitz for two weeks without pay in the middle of, uh, of July, essentially, they had all of this. Uh, they, they did not release it publicly. We, we learned last night that 11 players had, uh, had mentioned hazing or had corroborated some, some degree of hazing. But the investigator did not find evidence that Pat Fitzgerald knew about it, nor did his staff. But, but as, far, as far as the, the core information, the most important things, that was all known to University President Michael Schill when he made his initial decision. 
ESPN college football reporter Adam Rittenberg joining us here on ESPN Radio, the morning show. Uh, Adam, I, <laughs> how much accountability is there on the shoulders of the president, Michael Schill? All of it, yeah, Jay. You know, he he said in the in the uh, in the letter last night that this was his decision and his decision alone. Now, obviously, he talked with the board of trustees. He talked with others around the school. Although, I, I from sources have told me there wasn't a whole lot of communication with some of the more influential people wow. at Northwestern. Mm-hmm. And so, the president, who's again relatively new on this job, came over from Oregon. This is a, a you know a huge moment for him and something that as he acknowledged in his letter, it's a decision he knows won't sit well with some people. It will sit well with others, but it's a controversial move three days after announcing a, a relatively uh, minor punishment for for the head coach and someone who's been there 17 years, the winningest coach in team history. And so you know, and then the other thing that I should point out in, in corresponding with some players in the team meeting last night, Michael Schill was not there. Uh, wow. Now, the athletic director also wasn't there. He's been traveling. He, he zoomed in briefly to speak to the players, and they're very upset at the lack of presence from the leaders on campus. One player telling me that it's just outright cowardly that, that neither of them were there, but especially Shill, because it's his decision. And, and, and these players are, are left to, to try to prepare for a season. You know, they heard from Pat Fitzgerald briefly, but, but they're essentially on their own. There, there's no one really there to explain the details of, of what evolved between Friday and Monday. So, Adam, let me just make sure I, I, I have this correct. Because, uh, you know, as a former NBA player, I really thought one of the defining moments of Adam Silver's career was how he handled the Donald Sterling situation to kick off his his legacy as a commissioner. And I, I think also for President Michael Schill, even though you're fairly new on the job, like this is a defining moment in the legacy of your career as a president of Northwestern, right? An academically incredible university. You're telling me that he's, he hasn't been around. You're telling me that he had the information earlier by November 30th and then finally passed the two-week suspension. And it wasn't until you started reporting this and also their their school newspaper started reporting this that it's ultimately led to the, the coach Fitzgerald finally losing his job. That, I just want to make sure I have all that correct. Is that correct? That's all correct. Uh, now, again, I don't know if, if, if Michael Schill received every single detail in the, in the investigation mm-hmm. uh, b- b- prior to announcing the suspension. I don't know the direct correspondence between President Schill and, and Maggie Hickey, the attorney who led the investigation. But I can tell you that Maggie Hickey had this information. So maybe there was a communication wow. breakdown. Maybe there wasn't a thorough enough review. Now, in Pat Fitzgerald's statement that he released late last night, Jay, he, he said that they had mutually uh, agreed to this uh, punishment on Friday. So there had been some communication between Fitzgerald's camp and, and Schill. And, but, but everything else you said is true, nor, nor did he uh, attend the, the team meeting last night. I, I, I'm not sure if he's in town. I assume he is. But he, he was certainly not in the, uh, in, in the football building on Monday night as the team was, was receiving this news. So this is the, 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 the way this has gone down, really, from start to finish, certainly cast uh, some serious questions on Michael Schill, his leadership, and also the strategy that Northwestern took. They put this out on a Friday at a, a relatively yep, exactly. light time of year. A lot of people are on vacation. It kind of goes right. away. Then it bubbles up on Saturday, certainly with the details. Freddie, I'm not saying that there couldn't be a lack of communication because it, it, 
even though I think the chances are slim there could be. That mm-hmm. is a reality. Right. But I, 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 there's a tendency for me not to believe that in a situation like this there will be oversight that would make <laughs> – there yeah. be around these type of details, yeah. right? Yeah, there should be. There, there was That's common things, sense. There's plenty of oversight that was going on with Northwestern football involving hazing of players. So that all can be true when it comes to where we are now with Northwestern football. Adam Rittenberg, ESPN senior writer for college football. Hit him on Twitter at ESPN Rittenberg. Joining Freddie Cohen and Jay Williams on ESPN Radio. So, Adam, the easy question is, now what for Northwestern football? What is your answer? Well, yeah, it is an easy question, but it's a difficult answer because uh, of the timing of this. I think it's more likely than not that Northwestern will go through the 2023 season with an, with an interim head coach, uh, David Braun, who's a defensive coordinator who was brought in this offseason. So real no, no long-term connection to the program or any of these um, uh, incidents over the years. You know, he, he's now serving essentially as acting head coach and I, I, I think is likely to be named the interim head coach here over the next few days. But you know, now they have to you know, figure out where, where, where do you go from here? I mean, the program had not performed on the field well, but uh, graduated their players, seemingly had a healthy culture, had a, a obvious face of the program. And, and Pat Fitzgerald, who turned down uh, other college jobs, had turned down NFL interest. And so this is a, a very important moment for the athletic director, Derek Gregg, and the university to, to uh, support these players and ultimately get it right because uh, this program is in a, a very, very – a delicate spot right now, only a few weeks away from preseason practice in the in the 2023 season. But I, I would be surprised if uh, if they tried to bring in somebody from the outside to uh, oversee the, the team this year. I think they'll do a full coaching search to get ready for the 2024 season. Hey, Adam, not only is the university in a very delicate situation, I mean, with the Big Ten Conference overall, if you're Jim Delaney, you're a commissioner, I mean, they're in a delicate situation here. I mean, think about the amount of scandals or wrongdoings that have occurred since the year 2011. I mean, I was trying to go back and count. I counted 16. I mean, things. I mean, go all the way back to Jerry Sandusky. What kind of stain does this leave on the legacy of Northwestern, who has always had the most prestigious brand? Yeah, it's certainly one of them. You know, Northwestern's had some issues in the past. They had they had some gambling issues in the '90s, but th- th- this is certainly you know the, the most stunning t- situation that that they've had to deal with, especially because of of, of who was the head coach and, and and how it transpired. What Pat Fitzgerald has meant, he was one of the faces of the 1995 Rose Bowl team that completely changed the trajectory of that program uh, and and helped them become a Big Ten champion and respectable over the last 25 years or so. And your point about the Big Ten is, is valid as well. It's a, it's a league that takes a lot of pride in its academic reputation and trying to do things the right way. But you look at Penn State, you look at Michigan State, there's been a number of, of high-profile, damaging, and embarrassing incidents that have happened for this league. So certainly something that um, I'm sure folks around the conference are, are concerned about with this being the latest. Urban Meyer, you know, over at Ohio State, DJ Durkin over at Maryland. Keep going. A lot yep. of situations that have occurred. Yeah, and and, and and this is just the latest involving that regarding the Big Ten. Adam, great stuff, my man. Great stuff with the reporting on this Northwestern situation. You take care and be well. Thanks, Adam. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Adam Rindberg, ESPN College Football Reporter, joining us here. He's been all over the Northwestern story. He's Jay Williams and Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio and ESPNU. You can weigh in anytime you want about this on Twitter at Real Jay Williams and at Coleman ESPN. And the phone number as well at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Jay mentioned a lot of schools and a lot of programs been in trouble in the Big Ten. 
Waiting till you hear the ones that made that list that you may not have known of. We'll do that next on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is ESPN Radio. The Big Ten is really glad that money is undefeated because more than ever before, that may be more than enough to erase the stain that that conference has been a part of even before the Northwestern football situation, the ugliness, and the allegations. He is Jay Williams. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us here on ESPN Radio this morning as well as the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And don't forget about us by telling your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. You listed a couple of things. We had the terrific mm-hmm. Adam Rinberg, who's been all over the Northwestern story as an ESPN senior writer for college football. Hit him on Twitter at ESPN Rinberg. Before the Northwestern situation became public, the Big Ten, they've run afoul of a lot of things on and off football fields and basketball courts in the last 15 to 20 years. Well, it also leads to, as my, my thoughts on you know, Michael Schill, the president of Northwestern, and you know, Coach Fitzgerald, that there is no, there's no margin for error in the Big Ten. Right? And, and you pleading ignorance in a conference that has lived after scandal after scandal – you can't do that. So let's just go through a list of okay. wrongdoings that have occurred since 2011. So you have the Iowa situation with 13 football players that were hospitalized. 2011, Ohio State, Jim Tressel resigns for lying to the NCAA tattoo gate. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, yeah. Uh, that scandal. 2011, Penn State, Jerry Sandusky, right? We all, <laughs> we all know about how big that was. 2012, Nebraska, extra benefits violations, textbooks. 14, Ohio State again. Six lacrosse players hospitalized. 14 again, Ohio State. One track and field member hospitalized. 14, Michigan. QB Shane Morris concussed, reinserted into the game during that game. 15, Illinois. Tim Beckman filed for influencing medical injury reports. 15, Rutgers. Kyle Flood fired for influencing player academic status. 16, Indiana. Kevin Wilson uh, reigns for... Uh, I'm sorry, resigns for alleged uh, abuse, abusing players. 17, Minnesota, Tracy Clays, fired for standing by boycotting players. That's different. 2017, Michigan State, Larry Nasser. Okay? Oh, boy. 2018, Nebraska, two football players hospitalized. 18, Ohio State, Richard Strauss, scandal breaks under investigation. 2018, Ohio State, Urban Meyer, that situation. And then 2018, player dies, DJ Durkin, placed on leave, under investigation. All in the Big Ten. All in the Big Ten. That was a laundry list of things occurring. If you, so if you're Jim Delaney, the commissioner, you have to be waking up to all this news at Northwestern saying, what the hell is going on? Like, we're trying to expand the conference. We have a lot of talk. And by the way, all these individuals have been removed. Mm-hmm. So understanding that's happening to Coach Fitzgerald, and there's a lawsuit because it, it leads into the question, though, that 
how do you, even though he is a, he's accountable, how do you prove him knowing yeah. that these things occurred? Because he could make the case legally, Freddie. That, and he will. Well, I've seen clapping. I thought it was just a thing that players do to make fun. You know, I never knew what it entailed. Um, you know, he can play coy to a lot of these things. I wonder how you actually prove it because he was just starting two years of his 10-year deal for $57 million. Okay, here's the counter, not from me. No, we're, we're talking through yeah, it live right. in person. Here's the counter from Pat Fitzgerald. He put out a statement. I had the privilege of serving as the head football coach at Northwestern University for the past 17 years. As a former Wildcat player who played a part in the remarkable transformation of our program, it was a tremendous honor to have the opportunity to lead the team. I take great pride in the achievements we accomplished during my tenure, both on and off the field. I dedicated myself wholeheartedly to nurturing our players, not only as athletes, but also as exemplary students and members of the community. Our program instilled in young men the qualities to become outstanding husbands fathers, and valuable contributors to society, the overwhelming majority of the players we coach, 99% to be precise, have provided positive feedback that affirms our efforts. Attorney Maggie Hickey conducted conducted a thorough investigation spanning several months into the allegations that led to my termination. Her investigation reaffirmed what I've always maintained, that I had no knowledge whatsoever of any form of hazing within the Northwestern football program. Given this unexpected turn of events, I've entrusted my agent, Brian Harlan, and legal counsel, Dan Webb, from Winston & Strawn LLP to take the necessary steps to protect my rights in accordance with the law, end quote. Pat Fitzgerald with that statement is clearly let everybody know that no matter what happens, I'm getting my pound of flesh. That's where he is right now. Oh, he sure could code by saying, you know, members of society, I've been proudly part of Northwestern football. Not one time did you, he mention any admission of guilt in that statement. He's determined to get his pound of flesh at the expense of Northwestern. The problem with that statement is there are too many people out there that said you got enough a pound of flesh at the expense of people that you were supposed to guide and protect. And it took it daily Northwestern to do something that you and your players didn't do, and that's to protect the players and the team and not bullying them. I, so, yeah, yep. and when it comes to legalities, he made sure that legally you couldn't dissect anything in that statement that could be used against him in accordance in the court of law. So you're wondering me if I for due cause, right? But like, do you still owe him the full full amount of payment? Right? That, that's I, what the, he's going after. The, the morality of it, you're absolutely right. We're right. We agree on that. Uh, just because you didn't know doesn't mean that you should know, right? right. You absolutely. should not know. You should have known. That's one aspect, right? Which allows you to say, hey, leave of absence no longer uh, needed here job-wise. But then it leads into the legality of the situation that states if you can't prove that he didn't know or that he did know, what's the case? That, that's what makes that's, it really and, tough and, there. And that's, that's why what he, makes it tough. That's why he returned an attorney to make sure that he can handle those kind of things. Jay Williams, Freddie Coleman together on ESPN Radio and ESPNU. But if you're Tony Petiti, who was named the Big Ten Commissioner in April of this year, you want to try to put this in the past as quick as you, as quickly as you possibly can, because you got a brand new contract out there when it comes to Big Ten athletics that you don't want anything, anything placing a black mark next to that money. Where you don't want people coming after you. But he also knows this, and Jay, you know this too. You play big time basketball, Duke. You play in the NBA. Money can make a lot of things go away. Winning can make a lot of things go away as well. Yeah, exactly. Including when people have amnesia 
about certain things that have gone on at programs, the more you're able to generate heat and money, the more you can put that kind of thing, those kind of things in your rearview mirror. If I'm Tony Petiti, the new Big Ten commissioner, that's what I'm counting on. As bad as this is, we know that something else will come up that'll take over that news cycle. It doesn't obscure the fact that there are players out there that went through this allegedly and it came to light in the Daily Northwestern, which means that, and this is just me spitballing, when it's all said and done, Pat Fitzgerald's not going to pay a heavy price for this. Yeah, he lost his job, but he's going to get a lot of money. And I guarantee you he'll resurface somewhere else. But the lives of those kids that went through this are going to be affected for the rest of their lives. But see, Freddie, this is what I have a hard time. I mean, look, uh, a court of law will ultimately determine on what happens as it relates to a payout, if he receives his full or not. But there are so many people within programs. And we had, for having 14 or 15 basketball players, we had so many people around us mm-hmm. from student managers to, you know, tutors uh, to people that helped us on the road, to people even around campus. Everybody knew our stories or what was going on. I find it hard to believe that throughout this entire tenure, that never came up one, one time. time. Yeah, I'm not buying it either. Especially to multiple people out here that have made comments about it over the last several days about feeling extremely uncomfortable with it. Like for it not to be breached to one time, it, word travels so quickly and just understanding how these head coaches navigate and the autonomy they have with all the people that work beneath them because they understand it's one strike and you could be out. Yeah. I just wonder how you live with yourself. If you're those players that did that to another teammate, or if you're a coach or administrator that got wind of this and did nothing, I wonder how can you live with yourself? How can you live when you violated somebody allegedly? I'm not, I'm not saying anything about the kids. Like yeah. I'm not absolving them at all. No, no, no I'm like, not. They're young adults. Like they're not yeah. kids. Yeah. Okay. Like, young it, adults. That's a lot, fine. A lot of that's silliness fine. and dumb things happen. But this is beyond that. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's not acceptable. I'm not saying it's acceptable. Nor am I condoning it. I'm just, as a college kid, we've seen a lot of crazy things that have occurred. Yeah. It, it, 20 years ago, even today, it's still, it, it's still a thing. Yeah. It, it shouldn't be hard to do the right thing, but more than ever before, sometimes it's even harder when you got peer pressure and bullying that seems to be in many, many different shapes and many, many different forms. Northwestern football, that locker room situation notwithstanding. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. 
See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is ESPN Radio. I always appreciate you joining us here this morning on ESPN Radio. Jay Wins, Freddie Coleman together presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. And don't forget about us on ESPNU. By the way, the USTA, the United States Tennis Association Foundation, the national charitable arm of the USTA utilizes the powerful combination of tennis and education to enhance the lives of under-resourced youth through his support of the National Junior Tennis and Learning Network. By the way, USDA Foundation Chairperson Chris Everett was named a Stuart Scott Inspire Award honoree in 2022 for a work to break down barriers for undeserved youth to gain access to the game of tennis. Let's bring in Lou Shearer. does a great job as a CEO and Executive Director of the United States Tennis Association. Lou, what does it mean to not only your sport, but also to the USTA, to have the legendary Chris Everett named a Stuart Scott Inspire Award honoree? Yeah, look, uh, thanks for having me on this morning. It's uh, it's an incredible um, event for us, outcome for us to have uh, Chrissy recognized for all of the work. She gets so much attention for her playing career. She's an amazing broadcaster, but she has had a profound impact through our foundation on the lives of hundreds of thousands of kids across America. And she is so passionate about the work that the foundation does. And we're, we're inspired by her energy, that same competitive spirit that um, – led her to such great success on the court, I think inspires us every day to try to improve the lives of kids across the country. Lou, uh, obviously we're seeing a lot of the older stars kind of make their way out of tennis and we're seeing an influx of new young stars in the game, which is extremely exciting. What do you, what do you think that, that transition has done for the sport overall? Because I see the attendance numbers and growth of the sport up drastically from where it was over the last several years. Yeah, you know, Jay, terrific question. And I think, you know, in, in almost every sport, uh, great stars tend to uh, cycle through. Um, Michael Jordan in basketball, transitioning to LeBron. We've had three uh, on the men's side, three incredible champions in Roger Federer, Rafa Nadal, Novak Djokovic, uh, maybe three of the best of all time competing uh, against one another and, and doing historic things. On the women's side, certainly you've had Serena Williams, maybe the greatest of all time in our uh in our sport uh but we saw last year at the u.s open unbelievable excitement with the transition to great new personalities whether that be francis tfo yep. carlos alcaraz coco Gauff. um our fans are energized about some of these great new uh players that are coming up and we know uh the future is bright and will continue to be bright and this group will have amazing success, and then there will be another crop of uh, incredibly young players coming up right behind them. The sport tends to, as all sports do, tends to replenish itself with uh, with stars. CEO and Executive Director of the United States Tennis Association, Lou Sher, joining Freddie Coleman and Jay Williams on ESPN Radio. And one of those guys is Christopher Eubanks. First time playing at Wimbledon, he's reached the quarterfinals of that Grand Slam tournament. He's 27 years of age. I don't know what's better with Christopher Eubanks, his play on the court or his analysis when he's joined them in studio. What has it been like, Lou, to see him on this stage doing it not only on the court, but then being able to have a conversation about that with ESPN and doing it very, very well on both of those entities? Look, uh, Chris's tournament has been uh, extraordinary. And and here's a guy that uh, was a two-time NCAA champion, turned pro in 2017, and has just been working and working and working at his craft. And and now to see 
uh, such great results and and to see him being recognized not only as an incredible talent but also as a really compelling fun personality for fans uh i actually believe if he had lost early uh the intention was for him to do some broadcasting with uh with your <laughs> colleagues at espn we're, we're we're much more excited to have him on the court but he's extraordinary and, and a testament to to hard work uh and and continuing in tennis we're seeing as you know with the great champions players being able to prolong their careers, stay in the game longer. Some of the great champions that we think of from the past, whether that be Beyond Borg, John McEnroe, their careers at 25-26 were, were coming to a uh, conclusion. Lou, you know, obviously we have a lot. You, you may mention of some of the, the great women, young players that we have in the game, Coco Golf, to make mention of some. I, I am curious, you know, obviously watching Serena, how she's built out her business profile, having a pretty large VC, what is your thinking around how to continue to keep some of these legendary players who are now retiring still involved at a very high level to usher in this new generation to kind of keep that transitional process going? You know, I think here in the U.S., and I can't really speak for other nations quite so well, but here in the U.S., our player development organization that works with elite juniors uh, and uh, professionals who are on tour uh, at this current time, uh, has done a great job engaging past players to to work with um, up and coming players. And you don't necessarily see that on screen at, at major events and things like that. But here at our national campus in Orlando, uh, you'll see that at smaller tournaments where they've reached out to many of the top players uh, to come in and counsel some of uh, the younger players that are going up. And, and thankfully, uh, they tend to be very generous with their time and willing to participate in that way. Others, you know, we talked about Chrissy. Serena does a lot of philanthropic things. Venus as well. We see other players. Uh, Andre Agassi would be another great example of someone who has done uh, incredible things post-career to impact lives of, of kids and try to improve the quality of life in this country. Uh, we're very fortunate that uh, players tend to want to get back and are able to do so. Who does more when it comes to the McEnroe's? Because it seems like it's a 50-50 race, Lou, when it comes to Patrick McEnroe and John McEnroe, who've been really instrumental in the USTA. What is it like having both of those men who are always going to be committed to the cause because they want to see more for U.S. tennis and tennis in general, and they're willing to donate so much of their time to making that happen? You know, I think if you ask them, you might get two different answers depending on which one you ask, but we're uh, – we're incredibly fortunate to be able to tap into uh, to Patrick and uh, and John. They do great work, certainly on air, but they're also very generous with their time working with uh, young players, both at their academy uh, in New York and and providing support to us. Patrick was a colleague of mine here uh, a number of years ago, uh, leading our player development organization. Many of the players, in fact, Chris Eubanks is probably part of a crop that Patrick was involved in when he was 14 or 15 uh, years old. Um, they're terrific. Uh, but they're not alone. We've got a lot of players right up to Billie Jean King, who generously gives a lot of her time to work with uh, with right. kids. And all of them are very supportive of the work that our foundation does. I know we're talking about Chrissy's uh, efforts with the uh, the USGA Foundation. We're supporting 270 chapters around the country, hundreds of thousands of kids. We've been able to award grants in excess of sixty five million dollars, grants and scholarships uh, to support kids and use tennis as a way to teach broader life skills. It's the legacy that Arthur Ashe, talk about players who have given back. Arthur Ashe initiated with the National Junior Tennis and Learning uh, Network, and, and we're just so privileged to be able to keep that flame 
burning and uh, and support kids across America who might want to be inspired to play. And if they're not, to use tennis as a way to provide safe um, environments and uh, opportunities to just learn broader life skills. Yeah, and especially Christopher Eubanks making the quarterfinals of Wimbledon on the 40th anniversary of the time when Arthur Ashe won the Wimbledon Championship back in 1975. Hey, Lou, great stuff, my friend. Keep with the great work, and thanks for joining us this morning on ESPN Radio and ESPNU. Thanks, Lou. Thanks to you both. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is ESPN Radio. From the top five NFL quarterbacks. Touchdown, Jalen Hurts. R-E-L-A-X. To the top five NFL fan bases. We're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's Rank Them. The top five overall players. He's Jay Wins and Freddie Coleman together on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius X and Channel 80 ESPNU. Now back at 645 Eastern Time, give or take a lie or two, Jay Will gave his top five players in the National Football League for those who weren't here. I just want you to know, Jeff Darlington agreed yes, he with did. all five yes, of my did. top five players. ESPN and then Info you reporter. started saying to me, mm-hmm. every time we're off air, it's my turn, damn it. It's my turn. When will I get a chance to go? Well, now it's your go, Freddie. You're making me sound like a whiny old man. Well. I wasn't whiny. I may be, I may be cranky. <laughs> I may be curmudgeonly, but Ooh, I'm not whiny. There you go. Teach there those go. new words. Yeah, that, <laughs> We're here to help. The more you know. Anyway, what was your top five? So I had Aaron Donald at number five. Yeah. Justin Jefferson, number four. Nick okay. Bosa, number three. Joe All Burrow, right. number two. Right. And King Mahomes. Yes. Number three. All right. So you know, yeah, number Let's one. give him a new nickname. You know, King, King Mahomes. No, he, he is the king of the hill. That's a, no, that, that works. No. King of the hill. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, He's wait, King Mahomes. I'm with yeah, that. It's okay. already been done. King James. No, nah, it is. King James, King Mahomes, King Henry. He can be King of the Hill. Yeah, Uh, I'll say King of the Hill. Is he really the king anymore? I mean, he can be my goat. Yeah, he, oh, oh, God. oh, 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 no. oh, goat now. Because then like Could be like could be low hanging fruit there. I'm still cool with Ferrari Pat. That works too. Of course you are because it got your name. So here's my top five. Bingo. This guy is selfish. Number five. I got Miles Garrett of the Cleveland Browns. I think that guy is going to be continue to be a superstar in the National Football League. Pound for pound, he is hard to deal with. He can stop the run. He can get after the quarterback. Don't punish him because the Cleveland Browns have not been winning. It's not his fault. It is not his problem. He continues to go out there, and there are plenty of times where he's not just the best defensive player in the field. He's the best player in the field despite the team that he plays for. I got Miles Garrett at number five. Number four. I got Tyree Kill of the Miami Dolphins. Man, anytime he's around on that list – he gets the ball in his hands, and he is just flat-out mm. special. He can take what I call those long shorties. You give him something short, and it becomes a long play. Tyreek Hill is better than that anybody in the National <laughs> Football League. Believe me. Tua Tungvaluwa wants to get healthy. Not because he knows he can play quarterback, but he gets to throw to that guy who right now, for my money, pound for pound, may be the best wide receiver 
in the NFL. I, I got Tyreek Hill. I have four. so many follow up questions on long shorties, but I'll keep that for you after. Keep that for the after? Yes. I'm glad. Yeah, hey, I yo. can't wait to hear the AO indeed. What's, <laughs> what's next? Number three. Uh, he's still pound for pound one of the best players in the NFL. It's Aaron Donald of the Los Angeles Rams. And I know he's slowed down, but when you're great, 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 great. You can still be great, great, great and still be a dominant player when it comes to Aaron Donald. And believe me, whatever whispers he's heard, what could be his final year in the NFL, he's not going to go with a whimper. He's going to go with a bang. He is still pound for pound one of the best players in the league. I got Aaron Donald the number three. Number two. This guy's the best defensive player in the NFL. Not Allen Yates number two, right? Not Allen Yates number two. No, not that number two. Number number two. two. Not the dog of Allen Yates being number two, but that's a dog at number two known as Nick Bosa of the San Francisco 49ers. And even when he's injured, he scares you to death. He just never stops. He's got a relentless motor. He can make great sacks early. He can get you late. He gets you in the middle. He's an all-time guy at this rate if he keeps this up. I don't know what's in the water to Bosa family between him and Joey Bosa. His Yo. brother plays Los Angeles Chargers. Mm-hmm. But whatever they drink, I want some of it as much as possible. I got Nick Bosa number two. Number one. There's no doubt. If it wasn't proven before, that playoff run last year, solidifies it. He is the king of the hill in the National Football League when it comes to Patrick Mahomes. It's one thing to win a championship to win your second championship. It's another thing to literally do that on one leg. When many people said, man, what is that going to look like? I know about that life. If anybody would know, no question about that. It would be you being a one-legged bandit, beating Kansas City, having Kansas City beat Cincinnati at home, and then that run for the ages in that fourth quarter on that touchdown, that leading drive to win the game for the Chiefs against the Philadelphia Eagles. There's no doubt. And, Jay, you made the point. We can start having that conversation, and he keeps this up. He's going to be on that list where you're going to talk about Tom Brady and John Elway and Joe Montana. Patrick Mahomes keeps getting closer and closer to those three guys among the best of the best. He's the king of the hill in the NFL. Mm. I, That's I, my top five list. I got no problem with the list. I, I, I okay. think Twitter is starting to react a little bit to, towards it. Look out. Um, we have one guy, I might butcher this, yeah. at Jay Ruskov Savage. I don't even know how to say that. What? Uh, That's okay. I don't blame uh, Jay for that. How would you say it? How would you say it? Let me see it. Let me it's look right at there at the top. At the top. Say it. Let me see. Say it out loud. It's a don't think Joseph about- Ruskavage. Thank you. All right. Eight years of college at Manchester University, Pennsylvania. Yep. If Lane Johnson made Nick Bosa disappear in the playoffs, shouldn't he be top five? No. Well, Lane Johnson, for my money, is the best offensive lineman in the National Football League. I know people want to say it's Quentin Nelson, Indianapolis Colts, or okay. Zach Martin of the Dallas Cowboys. For my money, Lane Johnson, pound for pound, is the best lineman in the National Football I would League. Agree. But sometimes you just get got. Because I guarantee you we're not having this conversation if Nick Bosa was able to do that. 1,000%. And what helps Lane Johnson is that the ability to run the football and that he can lever- leverage all people. So I'm not going to put him above Nick Bosa. Here, here's, one, here's, here's something that's so scary What's that? about the talent of Kansas City. Okay. One could make the case that you could have three players on Kansas City all be in the top five. Travis Kelsey, a tight end. Chris Jones. And Chris Jones, defensive tackle. He doesn't get enough and credit. And Patrick Mahomes. Yep, you could make the case that, that's very between correct. Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, yeah. and Patrick Holmes. Yeah. They're all in the yeah. top five. You yeah. could. I'm yeah. not saying it's correct, but right. it, it, it would be an arguable case. Yeah, because I have Kelsey at number six because I think at the rate he's going, he's going to be a top two tight end of all time. He's going to be in that Rob Gronkowski category. Another guy doesn't get enough credit because his injuries took him away is Kellen Winslow of the San Diego Chargers. Mm. Had he not had that torn ECL that took away his career, we're talking about that guy being maybe the greatest tight end of all time above Mike Dick and people like that. But Travis Kelsey is no joke. Another one for no you, Michael Parsons. Where are we going to have him? Is he is he right outside the top five waiting to crack in? 
he's he's top ten material. Top ten material. Top for 10 sure. Material. Yeah. I'll take I'll take both of the Bosa's over him. I think both of those guys are tremendous, but he, that line is very very thin between Michael Parsons and those guys. And now he's going to be strictly a pass rusher. Look yeah, out. it's scary. Look out. Yeah, it's scary him. And, and last one, I might kind of float around top 10, yeah, Josh Jacobs. Yeah. I think oh, Josh Jacobs has had a, a tremendous – like he's like sleeper, like waiting to pierce in that yeah. five conversation if he has another breakout yeah. season again. Josh Jacobs pays the price of having a team not winning. That's exactly the problem. When it comes to Las Vegas Raiders because he – The not, numbers are stupid. A, yeah, this is not a run he can't make. No. Short, long, intermediate – a bad mother shut your mouth playing for the Las Vegas so, Raiders. What, what does long shorties mean? I will explain that I along need, with I need, Buck. I need answers. We'll have answers to that. And are we going to have an answer later than sooner when it comes to Miami Heat getting Damian Lillard? That's next. This is ESPN Radio. More next.